Hey guys, welcome along to episode 119 for Thursday the 26th of May 2022. Today, it is all about Braille. We're talking about the Versa Slate and we get a rather in-depth review from Janine Stanley on today's Blind Guy Talks Tech. And Sean's here as well. You're listening to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Now, here's that blind guy himself, Stephen Scott. Yes, here he is. Uh, Sean Priest is with me today. How are you doing, Sean? You all right? I'm very well, thank I was just about to applause, and then you said Sean Priest. It would have looked like I was clapping myself. Well. That was very, that was very scary. It's pretty pathetic if you're going to start doing things like that. Hey, I'm here. Well, congratulations. Hey. Uh, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> hey. I'm here too. Does anybody care? No. 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 Episode 119. Know, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely amazing. Isn't it just? I mean, shouldn't we be taken off by now? I don't know how this works. Oh, all right, <laughs> give it time. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> uh, look, before we get into a, a fantastic review today from Janine Stanley, which is coming up, uh, Janine, of course, from Ira, I'm tipping my fedora to you today, mm. Janine. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Well fetching done. red number, I should just say. Oh, mm. a red fedora. Has it got a feather in it? It might well do. I fancy a fedora. Are you judging me? I think I'd suit it. I think I could pull that off. Yeah. Right, thank you. I don't know. I see. I think I don't know about you. I, I'm one of these people. I can't wear anything without looking like I've just fallen out of a trash can. Well, <laughs> just fair enough. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Really, I do t- I, honestly, I'm so <sighs> glad on the TV show I do every week on Double Tap TV. I'm so glad it's just from the chest and, and you know chest and head, and that's all you see. Because frankly, there is nothing, nothing I wear <laughs> which makes me look in any way good. Uh. I thought you were going to say there's nothing you want to see down there, but I, we'll leave either. it there. there is, that is definitely true. <laughs> very few people who can testify to that, but yes, oh, they would all testify. I'm so that sorry, Janine. We sullied we your, we uh, your episode here. Fedora. We That is a disgrace. Oh, sorry. Ah, carry on. Uh, but yes, uh, Janine has sent in this fantastic demo, and you know, lots of you are doing this now. You're sending in your demos, which is lovely. Janine hasn't just sent one demo, by the way. She sent in two. She's getting carried away a I little know. bit. I who think? does she think she is? I know, sending us content. Thank you <laughs> so much. Making our lives easier. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to hear today about the Versa Slate. Coming up uh, next week, we're actually going to hear, uh, or no, not next week, so we're not here next week. Week after, we're going to hear, uh, yeah, um, we're going to hear from uh, Janine talking about the Color Star Identifier. This is the Color ID uh, device, which is apparently very good. A lot of people love these devices and this is one area, if I'm honest, smartphones just haven't really been able to catch up on. No, they're terrible. Yeah, they are pretty they're bad ter- for colour. To be honest, though, I found uh, quite a few um, specialist colour identifiers, and they haven't been great either. <gasps> so uh, I'd be very interested to see this one. Yeah, well, it's been mentioned to me a couple of times, and I've, I've said to those people who've mentioned it to me, Guys, you really got to check out this demo that's coming up um, from Janine Stanley on that. So, yeah, that's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. But today we're focusing on the Versa Slate, and it's interesting. I hear a lot of people asking this question, almost like we feel nervous to ask it. It's like, what is a slate? How does that work with Braille? So, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have to say, I don't fully get it. So, I'm really looking forward to hearing Janine's uh, review today. That doesn't mean that I'll get it, Janine. I promise you that's probably unlikely because I have a very <laughs> small brain. Yeah, that's all on Stephen, not on you. Exactly. It'll be fine. We'll get it. Uh, But I want to get to an email because uh, we got a great email in from uh, John Carpenter. (gasps) Yes, John Carpenter. The The John John Carpenter. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Hello, John. I love Halloween, by the way. That is my favourite tune of all in a movie. 
It is. I think, I think that along with um, well, what's the one? Power of Love from uh, Karate Kid. No, that's Glory of Love. <laughs> oh, Glory no, of Love. Power yeah, of Love was quite... Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Huey Lewis in the was. news, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Power uh, of Love. Uh, yeah, we don't know it. Yeah, that Power one of is Love great. sung to the tune of John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's not that. I don't think it's that. I don't know. Maybe it is. It could be. Let's not assume. They Live, Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York. Ah, classics. Sorry, carry on. Hello, John. We're a fan. The Thing. Oh, I love The The Thing. thing. No, Halloween was my favourite, though. I loved Halloween. When that head's walking around the floor like a crab. Oh, it's disgusting. Thank you. Anyway, email from Mr. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so hello, says John. I just wanted to write to you to say how much I am enjoying your podcast. Well, thank goodness for that, because if we had that intro and it was... I hate your show. <laughs> I feel pretty bad. Um, he says, I was a little unsure at first. Oh, okay. Uh, but I yep. am now desperately so trying we. to catch up. It's okay, he's clawed it back. It's fine. Um, well done, He's now job. trying to catch up and listening to far more of you than I'm sure is healthy. <laughs> I know, I hear this all the time, John. I'm so sorry. He says, I'm learning a lot and even laughing a lot too, and that's not an easy thing to do for a grumpy old cynic like me, especially if you make tunes like this in your life. You know, I think if, you, if you're making music like that, you know. Then Can we just listen for a minute? Okay, I love yes, this one. Yes, Shh. And then the big bit comes in. Oh. No. Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> That's what happens, isn't it? And the coat hanger, isn't it? The coat hanger stab. through the... Stop. Yes. Will you stop it? Stop the stab. Halloween edition. Stab. Anyway, thanks for the stab. email, John. <laughs> That's the new email jingle. I've decided. Every time I mention emails, though, I was going to play that. Um, <laughs> uh, so John goes on to say, regarding audio descriptions... He says, I would just like to add to your comments about the difficulties of audio description and musicals. He says, now I hate musicals, <laughs> okay, and would have been happy for most of the greatest showman's music to have been ducked out and replaced with audio description. <gasps> wow. Good. Um, I've still not got through that movie. I, I got halfway in and we've never gone any further than that. I'm not interested. I kind of do. It's I, not I just, Oliver, I, like, I don't care. I, I watch Britain's Got Talent and they say, now a song from the greatest showman we're going to sing. And I'm thinking, I don't know any of these songs. I only know the yeah. one, This Is Me, which everyone obviously played at the time when it came out. Um, and then yeah. I hear these other songs I've never even heard of. Anyway, he says, as someone going blind, I am finding it a little ironic at how much I am missing music in general. He says, I oh. used to work with music. Oh, did you know? Sorry, this is going to be a bit of a joke for a while, John. I do apologise. I think we've we've lost John, actually, I think, by this point. Um, But he says, I used to work with music, and I still do, but I now have it so quiet so as not to interfere with voiceover that I tend not to notice it. Oh, I see mm. what he's saying. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Because yeah. there's so much voice going on in our life, right? You've got to focus. Yeah. You have, yeah. He says, similarly with audio description, I now find that big crescendo moments in TV and film are somewhat spoiled by the music ducking out and a running commentary appearing instead. This is exactly my point. He says, I don't suppose there's a fix for it, but it is frustrating that the one thing I can still appreciate, I now don't. I'd prefer it not to read out the end credits, though. Uh, and it would be great if Netflix could stop talking over the show by telling me the runtime and all the controls just as it's starting up. 
Now, is that, yes. is that Netflix or is that voiceover on the TV that's doing that? That's voiceover, yes. So it tells you, you know, sexual violence. You go, what? Sorry? Pardon? I don't want to know that. Play, uh, play, it tells you play, all... play, play. Yeah, Elapsed time. You all the weird... Everything's elapsed yeah. time. You know, like, right, okay. You just, I always just turn the speech off, you know, whatever the shortcut. If you're on the Apple TV, I think it's, the, is it the menu button three times to turn off voiceover? Yeah. So as soon as I hit play on anything, I just turn voiceover off on the phone. I'll turn the speech off with a... Uh, three finger double tap. Yeah, so, but see if you're yeah, like me and you've got the problem with the hand with a little bit of tremor on it. If you try and yes. do the menu, and you've got to obviously hit it three times quite quickly, and I struggle yes. to do that. So sometimes I end up coming out of the film. Oh, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you yeah. end up back on the previous screen, and you're like, oh come on. But it is annoying. I know exactly what yeah. it means because some sometimes the audio description's talking, and then voiceovers ducking it down to talk over it to tell me there's strong language in this episode. It's like, shut up! I don't want to know. I was watching an episode. I, I love the show Thirty Rock, and it doesn't have AD on on Sky. Nothing does on demand. Um, but at the same <laughs> token, I, I know I've seen the show before, and to be honest, I, I don't care. I'm quite happy just to listen to. It. Um, but it gets to the end, and usually at the end of the program, once it's finished, there's a little bit extra. They have a little bit of dialogue or whatever. You know, maybe it's, a, I don't know, an outtake or whatever. But what happens is immediately the Sky Voice Guidance comes up and then starts telling you, the next episode will begin in 30 seconds. Now, if it just said oh, that, yeah. it'd be fine. But then it starts reading out the synopsis of the next one yes. and the runtime yes. and the subtitles and the, right okay oh we're never happy are we it's either too much information or not enough it's it's terrible i know but um yeah i know what you mean but john goes on to say he says one other thing you talk about a, a bit is apps where you have to wade through button 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 because there are no labels he says i guess you already know this as i'm a total voiceover amateur he says but i was surprised to find that you can add your own custom labels to things so if you can figure out what a button does in the first place you can label it and never have to worry about it again. On macOS, it's VO plus forward slash. And for iOS, it is a two-finger double tap and hold. Anyway, please keep up the good work. Uh, he then goes on to say, just one last question for you. Uh, as a blind low vision user, do I have any rights to expect software to work? I used to be a web developer and the Dis Disability Discrimin Act, uh, Discrimination Act applied to websites. But I don't hear that mentioned for software. It's so frustrating to find an app such as the Sonos Mac controller that is probably very easy to make accessible, but there's just no way to engage with anyone about it. Maybe a topic for a future podcast. That's a great hmm. point. I don't know, actually. That's a great question because you're, you're right. I mean, obviously, it does apply to websites, and we're hearing more and more about this, which I have to say, that's a conversation in itself when you I mean, well, seeing all these I, overlay companies trying to sell their wares. And I think, mm, is that yes. really what we want? Do we want that? But mm. I, again, though, does it apply to every website, right? It applies to government websites. It applies to maybe retail websites. But does it apply to every single I website thought, out there? We'll need to get Robin on. He knows more about this than us. But that's what I was just going to say. We need Robin. He will know. There's definitely. definitely been change, I think, in the legislation in the last couple of years that has meant that websites now, all websites are charged with being accessible, which I think is why there's a rise in all of these overlay companies coming along. Yeah. Which I'm very wary of, I've got to say. I don't want to name names because, you know, some of them like to get a bit, you know, suey. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's a that's a legal term. Legal technical term. I I've watched Ali McBeal, so I know all about my legal terms. <laughs> I can also tell you all the words to Barry White's first, last, everything. But um, I will say that <laughs> I will say that I think that it is, um, it is incumbent upon websites to make themselves accessible, but law is 
clearly needed behind it. And it's sad in a way. It's like the AD debate. The only way we'll ever get audio description on demand is through legislation, which thankfully is now coming through. I mean, the legislation's actually in place. It's the guidance that isn't. And we learned that from Sonali Rai uh, from RNIB mm-hmm. uh, last week, I think it was. Um, we've just got to keep the, the fight up, unfortunately. It's a never-ending fight because we're so low in the priority list. Simple as that, really. Yep, you, yep, you got a shout. And you know what? The NFB in the US gets a lot of... Uh, a lot of stick, really, because they uh, they will push things through a you know a legal yeah. legal course. Uh, and I was I was you know, I was I was really absolutely right. Yeah, Good I was I was against that at the beginning. But first I heard about, it, I thought I used to always say, "Oh, here we go, Americans are well." The NFB anyway, we're getting very litigious, too and, militant. I thought yeah. it was at, at some points. Yeah, but no. As I'm getting older, and the more of this I need, <laughs> so it's the same, isn't it? It's nothing. Nothing's a problem until it happens to you. Absolutely. But that's it. You know, I was kind of like, you know what? I actually think it's time we did start getting a little bit more litigious on this. Because frankly, nothing's changing unless unless laws come in. You know, we start to see no, laws change it. and then, then things happen, right? Yeah, we, we can talk to... And look, some companies, it's, it's not even the thought of some of the accessibility departments, right? You can talk to those people who are there and they are amazing people. Uh, but it's just, it, it doesn't go anywhere all the time because, hey, there's always something more important to work on or to push. So it's got to be through legislation. It's as simple as Although that. Although maybe just for balance, I should say, and just because it's in my mind, I see so many stories about guide dog refusals, which frankly irritate me every time I read them. Um, and it's one yeah. of the main reasons, not one, well, actually I say that, it's one of the reasons, not the main reasons, but one of the reasons why I was a bit nervous of getting a guide dog myself because I thought I can't be bothered with that. You know what? I would absolutely love that because I would argue and shout and show those people up so much. I'm one of those argumentative people when I know I'm in the right. And for anyone in this day and age to still refuse someone access to a shop, to a premises because of a guide dog, I'm sorry, there is absolutely no excuse for that whatsoever anymore. Do you know, I will say, though, sometimes, you know, it's funny when it happens sometimes. I had it happen to myself and my wife, and my wife's got a guide dog, and... We were uh, getting a taxi, and the taxi turned up, and it was it was a kind of awkward place we were at. And I, of course, it's the usual thing where they turn up, and it's maybe I think it was like a one way road or something. And the guy's like, "Well, I'm here. Could you just come and meet me at this point?" And I'm saying, "Look, I, I don't want to start wandering about. I don't know where we are. So can you just find us? Essentially, right? You you can see you've yep. got a car. You've got you know that's two up on us." So could you, you know, just find us, you know, you, you'll kind of notice as I've got sunglasses on and a white cane and my wife's got a dog with a yellow band around its stomach that says, yeah, we guide do dog. stand out. Yeah. You're not going to miss us. And <laughs> We're not in camouflage No, exactly. Here. You know, and even if, even if I didn't have the white cane and glasses, you could probably still find me, right? I'm a big guy, right? So you'll, you'll yes. just look for the big guy. <laughs> so that was fine. And, um, big guy talks tech. That's a new podcast coming soon. Um, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, he, he did turn up and we heard the car approach. And then he was on the he was on the call with me. He was actually on the call the whole way, and he just said, "You have dog," and I said, "Yes," and he just drove off. As okay, yep. <laughs> so doesn't surprise me at all. Called them back, and um, I was kind of expecting I don't know what I was expecting nothing probably. I called back the the taxi company, and they said, "Yes, he refused the job because you had a dog." He said, uh, "That's the last he works for us." So I thought, absolutely oh, right. Okay. He's yeah. like, you shouldn't have done that. That's illegal. And and I didn't say a word. I didn't have to say a word. And I thought, well, that's impressive. Now, I hope that did follow through. I hope he wasn't just saying that and then, you know, let's move on. But you never yeah. know. 
right? Unless you get involved in it. And who's got the time? I do something I don't have the time. And that's the problem. We're trying to live our lives in amongst all this nonsense. You know, anybody else just gets in a car, goes where they go. You know, they go for a meal at a restaurant, they, they go in, they eat and they, they leave. They don't have all this extraneous stuff to do. And you have to do all that nope. in amongst your life. So, yeah, it's very yeah, annoying, which is, which is kind just, of leading to my point, which is sometimes the legal side isn't always perfect, right? Because there are laws against that, and they don't seem to be enforced. The biggest issue is enforcement. They don't seem to be yeah. enforced at all, and, and there doesn't seem to be any reason why anybody, you know, could, you know, would, 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 wouldn't stand up to that, right? Because they'd be like, well, you know, I can just kick out of my shop and it's fine, because there's really not going to be any recourse unless this person decides to take me to court. And frankly... Not everyone's got the money for that. Yeah, no, sorry. I think it's it's much simpler than that now, thanks to, you know, mobile phones and social media. Um, if you record someone refusing you access to somewhere, it's the court of public opinion. Yes, yeah, matters now. I, 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 don't will, I'm, I don't know if I'm nah, keen yeah, on I'm that. Yeah, I'm all for it. No, I don't know if I'm <laughs> as keen on that. I, I think this turning us all into vigilantes. I don't know if that's the way to do it. It's not a vigilante. It's just letting you know that that behaviour isn't uh, acceptable. And if you don't address it, in whatever course, by apologising or whatever, then uh, people know that you're a terrible person. Sorry, I'm, but, but the I problem think is, I think that the only issue I have with with the suggestion of that is, is that you end up in a situation where people are then essentially walking around waiting for it to happen. So you've got your camera on, you're ready for a fight, you know, you're ready for the argument, and then if and if anybody says anything to you, you're so hyped up over it. And I've seen this a lot in some of these videos, not just with this, but with lots of stuff. It's almost like they're wanting something to happen because they've got the camera rolling. And yeah, I see it all the time, all the well. thing. We see it a lot. You know, the First Amendment audits in America, and you see public uh, uh, audits over here when people, I can record in public, you know, we see a lot of that. And some people do it right, mm. do it with respect. And, you know, it's, you can stand up for your rights without being aggressive. And I think it's the same thing. I think you should walk around with a camera expecting it uh, at the moment, especially when it comes to taxes, because I'm sorry, the, the vast majority of taxes refuse, don't they? Well, I, I, Is that, I, Am I overstating I, I, I that? But I, I, honest, I haven't managed yet to get an Uber on my own. I haven't managed to get one because it's always cancelled. Now, I'm convinced they cancel it when they see me with, and I'm not using a guide dog, I've got a stick. Mm. I think they cancel it because, oh, I'm going to have to get out and help him and assist and all that. I've never managed to get an Uber. And that's a terrible state of affairs, isn't it? I don't disagree with that. I, 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 what I would say is it happens more than it probably doesn't. That's how I'd put it. I think so. Um, you know, I think that I, I, I haven't had many issues. I tend to, if I'm in big cities, I tend to use the, the Hackney cabs. Because those guys generally never have a, a problem. They're always cool. But nope. I did laugh, actually. One Absolutely. day we, we got a Hackney cab. And um, the, the, it was like, you know how you've got the, these big, it's not a Hackney, but it's like a bigger one than that. It's a bigger car. And you can get like six people in it. Yeah. And yep. the guide dog, or Marie's guide dog, Coco, she doesn't really like those kind of cars because she can't really lie down in them. They're so big. Yeah, you sort of slide yeah. around. Yeah. But this <laughs> yeah. one had a carpet in it. So she was actually quite comfortable. Oh. It was a very pleasant, lovely car, very clean and all the rest. So we get in and we get to work. We get out of the car and we're waiting, just waiting at the door of this place. And I can hear, shh, 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 shh. And this guy's brushing out his taxi with <laughs> trying to get the hair oh, off the yeah, car. Didn't yeah. say a word to us, just did it. And I thought, you know what? Good for you, right? Fair play to you. He, he yeah, didn't say, and, and he said himself, he said, I love dogs. I absolutely love dogs. And, and he was cool with it. No issue at all. But he obviously wanted to keep his car clean. 
But I didn't like say, oh, well, you have to pay for that. Or, you know, just, just get on with it. And I love that. Well, do you know what? Same if someone came in with dirty shoes, right? It would probably just wipe it out and uh, no, no, get on come with his on. day. You come into my house with dirty shoes. Those shoes are coming off. <clears throat> and if yeah, your feet not, have to I'm come not... with it, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not talking covered in mud. What I'm saying is he obviously takes pride in his taxi anyway. Yeah. So whatever, you know, he's going to exactly, keep it clean yeah. and, and, and whatever without saying anything. But yeah, absolutely. So where were we going with this? I wanted to say something else. John Zima. Hello, John. Um, well, we're talking about software. He was mentioning software. <laughs> so he's mentioned like the Sonos Mac controller. And, you know, on the Mac side yes, of things, that's it. Yes. I've got to be honest, the, the, some of the apps I download, I kind of, you know, you interact with it and you're like, oh, please, 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 please. And you feel right. And then you just get close, minimize, close, minimize. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's all I'm going to yeah. get on this. So irritating. And um, for something like the Sonos app, I think you're absolutely right. It's something that's so easy to make accessible. Well, considering how good the app is on the iPhone, right? You think, surely yeah. to God. But again, I, I tend to think, my my immediate take on this, instead of the immediate to, oh, they just hate blind people. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like doing they that. They just don't know. They just don't right? know. They just, and, if they knew, and if they knew it was inaccessible, I mean, I would like to think that someone at Sonos would be going, and, and maybe, John, if you don't mind, maybe I'll forward this thought too. Sonos and say, look, here's someone who's clearly wanting to use this app. You've spent the time making it. Could you just make it accessible? You know, would that be possible? Yeah. Um, yeah. You were going to say something on that, though, were you? Yeah. No, I was just going to say exactly that. I mean, just, you know, the first port of call is just make contact with the developer. You know, let's not be if you know angry or aggressive. Right? I mean, it's, if you email Sonos, well, they, can... they're just, what are they going to do? They're just going to go, oh, yeah, whatever. I mean, I remember, call, well, I, I called the BBC once know. and you I said, I can't know. get audio description on BBC One. And you know what she said to me? She said, well, you can get subtitles. <laughs> like, well, yeah, great. Uh, uh, to, <laughs> is, this the fair, BB, is this the Broken Biscuit Company? Who have I called? Well, well that's the thing. It's a huge organisation. What department do you yeah. ring for something like that? You know, you, I, I honestly wouldn't know where to start. But well, something like Sonos, right? You can, yeah, yeah, I would tweet them. I would send them an email or whatever and see what they, because sometimes, as you said, you know, it may be a case of, do you know what? We just were unaware. We will work on it, and maybe we will work with you to make it accessible. Um, that's the first port of call. So, yeah, I would say that. Audio description, I wanted to say, absolutely right. When it ducks down the uh, movie or TV soundtrack to, to speak, and you go, oh, don't do that. And sometimes the mix is so bad that it's just, you can't hear either. You know, you can't hear the audio description or the explosion in the background either. It's just all mush. Um, but I think this is why we need audio description as a separate object. I know that's what they're trying to work for, a separate object in the audio space, yeah. if you will. So, you know, you could have it on a pair of headphones on its own stream without it affecting anything else. It's, it's, we need to get to that point. But to be honest, it seems like, yeah, we're looking in the future for that because right now we still want audio description on demand in any form whatsoever. Anyway. Well, that's it. In one hand, we, we just say, look, just give us anything, please. And then the other yeah. hand is it's like, yeah, but could you maybe make it better? Because I think more people would benefit from it. I mean, I really I really do believe that I, I think it's Netflix. I'm sure it's a, a Netflix that reported that they were seeing a big uptake in audio description. They've just announced recently they're going to be upping the amount of content they have with AD. And I think they're starting to see a mainstream case for it. It's almost a oh, case. Which, which there is. It's the same argument for audiobooks. And if you make the... And, yeah. and Netflix, and it's not Netflix particularly. I mean, it is Netflix who are sanctioning this, who are bringing it in. But it's the companies they are employing to make the description, you know, or put this description onto the, the, the films and TV shows, that are doing an absolutely brilliant job, a bang-on job, to the point that it's actually becoming quite interesting to 
to, to mainstream viewers. And it's interesting to me because when I think about, and I don't want to do them down for it, but, you know, I listen to sometimes some of the description on other channels, especially in the UK, and it's just not as good, you know? It just feels a bit more slapped on at the end. I was watching yeah. the final of Derry Girls last week, uh, or this week, actually, I was watching it, and it was the final episode, and... For the first, up until the credits rolled for the first, you know, kind of essentially introducing the show, it was silent. And I remember as soon as the, the titles came up, it was like, Derry Girls present. And I thought, oh, he's awake. Good. He's there. You know, must <laughs> yeah. have fallen asleep at the start of that. Or maybe he's late. I don't know. Maybe his taxi was late or something. But um, it just felt like, you know, that whole first part, which there were bits in it, it'd be nice to know what was going on, were just missed. And um, yeah. That's quite infuriating when that happens, you know. And, and in other times, and it is this, I totally get what John's saying, because actually Derry Girls is a great example of this, where they had um, lots of, I mean, it's a lot of the kind of 90s stuff and late 80s stuff that I remember growing up, but it's kind of my age, essentially music-wise, of what I was growing up with. All that music just brought back so many memories. And then it's getting talked over. But I also understand yeah. that they have to talk over it. You know, it's so, yeah, mm. yeah. I don't know, yeah. it's, it's difficult. Anyway, uh, John also says, P.S. I am enjoying your discussions about the challenges of dealing with sight loss. I'm very much in the angry stage myself, and it was good to have that acknowledged as a thing that other blind people experience. Yep, yep, we yep. get it. I still get angry, still. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, it's annoying. I get angry. I, I guess from your perspective, if you don't mind me saying, you're kind of getting to that stage where you know, you're losing more vision to the extent of you, know, you, you are completely blind, right? Yeah. Um, and so that anger is going to be part of that process. And I'm not saying it's like, you, you, you know yourself when it's going to happen. I know myself, it was kind of that early stage. I got it at the beginning, I'd say the first year. I was a very angry person. I used to take it out on, well, you mainly, uh, and others. Right. Um, <laughs> you're sitting thinking, great, I've got all this to look forward to. Um, <laughs> but, and it was so difficult because people didn't get it. You know, and it's, I, I think, I'm not saying it's worse when you're visually impaired, but it is more weird for people when when you're visually impaired already to almost tell yes. people yeah now i can't see and they're like, yeah but you couldn't see before so hang on what are you talking about <laughs> yeah, exactly and you have to right. face all what's, this what's constantly yeah. you know it's like oh my god but if you've gone from having full vision to to no vision or, or low vision and especially if you're stuck in that partially sighted world uh which i i still you know feel is is you know unfortunately a really awful place to be sometimes because what you have to face up to and the challenges. I mean, today, for example, I put on my sleep shades and just felt so much better. You know, I got some nice new sleep shades. They've got, you know, the nice cooling thing around the eyes. And I'm just like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, you know, posh, Amazon, 12 quid. That's the answer. Um, but it did. It made so much difference because I could keep my eyes open, not have to try and struggle to see anything. Because that's the problem you've got. It doesn't matter if you've got loads of vision or none if your eyes are open and you can see something your eyes are going to automatically react to it and they're going to go there um well shiny shiny things you know shiny things shiny it's interesting you say that because i was just saying that this morning that i'm noticing that now i've got nothing to lock onto nothing that i can focus onto it's just a fog it, I'm finding that it's just almost like uncomfortable. Mm. I, I, my eyes are, I've got nowhere to rest, if you know what yes, I mean. Yes, exactly. It, it's, it's weird. It's, it's strange that they're always roaming around, scanning for something to lock onto, and there is nothing anymore. So I find that it's almost like my face is constantly moving. It's like, keep still. So you're chasing a, <laughs> chasing a fly. You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. But John, I'm glad you, you, you're able to say that because, and I, I'm really glad you did say that because, um, 
If you can admit that to yourself, that's a big deal. So well done, John. Yeah. You got to recognise it because then you can. You know, exactly. Well, that's why I want to talk. That's on. why I like talking about it because I think a lot of people might sit feeling, is you know, why am I feeling like this? Why am I? Yeah. Then you feel guilty about feeling angry, and it's like, oh, God. it just goes on and on and well, on. Well, I didn't. You know, I didn't say, know. I'm, I'm angry, and I understand why I'm angry. And yeah. You know what? I'm just going to be angry and let it. Pass. I just didn't know why I was angry. That was my problem. I couldn't figure out why. And and it was even even I probably I was unaware of my anger. Do you know what I mean? Like you can. I know that sounds crazy, yeah, but you can yeah. you can be no, unaware of it and be angry at the same time. And then it's only when yeah. someone says to you, "Hang on, what's wrong with you?" and you're like, "What are you talking about?" Or, or more in my case, it's like, "What are you talking about?" Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you grumpy sod. <laughs> well, I am generally. I mean, I was I was always a bit of a grumpy sod. So you know, it shouldn't have made people shouldn't have noticed any difference, but clearly they did. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on because uh, I want to bring in uh, Janine Stanley, who's done a fantastic demo for us uh, on the Versa Slate, Janine. Hi, Blind Guy Talks Tech Gang. This is Janine Stanley taking off my Ira hat. And sorry for all the noise my guide dog is making in the background. (laughs) So today, I thought I would send you with all this happy talk about Braille, I would send you a little uh, review and intro to a device that is huge for me in my use of Braille. And it is the Versa Slate. And the Versa Slate comes from AT Guys. Here in the U.S., it is a Korean product originally, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure what company that would be, but it comes to us through AT Guys. They have a version that is 20 cells, four lines. They also have a 12 cell per line version. And I'm not sure if that has four lines on it or if it's just a 12 cell. The price for the Versa Slate is $120 US. And I don't know how shipping works on that internationally, but they also sell a leatherette kind of folio type case with a little strap at uh, one end of one of the long sides and a magnet. Got a little magnet closure in there. And they sell that for an additional $25. So your whole price for this is around $150 if you include tax, if that's applicable, and then probably shipping if you're outside of the U.S. So anyway, what the heck is this Versa Slate? Well, as I said, it is a slate, but it is a basically a paperless scratch pad for all intents and purposes. You have 20 characters of braille, four lines. So essentially you have 80 characters of braille here to play with. And what you can do with the Versa Slate is write notes. You can take down phone numbers and actually carry them around with you. And what it will do, you can write the braille on one side and then on the other side, you can read the braille and then you can erase it. How many times have you, you know, grabbed a note card or an old piece of paper or something and you brailed on it and now you've got this desk full of little like remnants of scratch paper. This thing is pretty amazing. So I'm going to take it out of its little leather case here and put it on my desk and we'll talk about the case later. The device is super light. It is made of, for the most part, plastic. The dimensions of this thing are about eight inches. If you lay it down on your desk and think of it like a piece of paper, it's about eight inches from right to left. It's about four inches from top to bottom, and it's about half an inch thick. So it is not very big at all. 
it is plastic. It's mostly a light blue color, I believe, on the left side of the Versa slate. If you have it sitting on your a flat surface, you're going to find the stylus. And it is at the top here, top edge. It looks like a backward letter P. And it goes into uh, a little, the point goes into a little hole. So I'm just going to lift up, pull out. You can hear it come out there. And then I'm going to put it back. You'll hear it snap back in there. I believe it's magnetic in there. Below the stylus, though, is this little oval-shaped uh, hole. And you can actually put a carabiner on that. You can put up a lanyard on it, whatever you want to hold this thing. That stylus is not coming out of there. <laughs> I can tell you that definitely will not happen. On the brailing surface here, it looks like a regular old uh, postcard slate almost. In fact, I have a 20-so postcard slate very similar to this. So you have your individual cells. And probably the hardest thing about this particular slate initially is getting used to writing with it. A lot of us who learned to write with a slate and stylus back in the dark ages would take the edge of the stylus into the little grooves in the side of each braille cell and or each, yeah, I guess it would be each braille cell. And so you could feel where dots one, two, and three were by the curve of the side of that particular cell. These ones, the curves are really small. They're very small. So it takes a little bit to get used to brailing with this thing. I'm actually going to take out the stylus again, though, because if you look at the stylus here, it's got a metal uh, point on it. But the little metal part of the stylus, it almost looks like a TRRS cable. In fact, if you're an audio person, you're going to be going, oh, well, that's an, an eighth-inch cable. <laughs> but no, it is not a TRRS. It, um, it is just a little point and then a tube that goes around that point. And the reason for this tube that goes around the point is so that that point will go down into the hole, which will push the little bead up into the braille area. <laughs> Probably more scientific than you ever wanted. I thought there was a magnet in this stylus, and there still may be. I just don't have the other magnet here to stick it to at the moment. But we have our four lines, and underneath the first line of braille on the slate underneath the part where you would braille, there is a raised line. And that raised line is divided at points in this 20 cell configuration. So you've got a raised line under the first five characters, and then there's a dot at character six. It's right before character six, actually. And then you've got another raised line, and then you have two dots by character 11 and you have another dot by character 16. And so this way you can keep track of where you are on the line. It's very similar to like a postcard slate that's got the little dots at, uh, between dots five and six and such to tell where you are. Then you go down to line two and there is no such line in between it. So these tracking lines are between lines one and two and between lines three and four. Here's my gripe. <laughs> I want some dots, at least. I don't have to have the whole raised line, although that would be nice, but I would like at least some dots between dots two and three, because uh, if I'm trying to go fast or something like that, or I'm just not paying attention, I will lose my place on this thing, and it will 
not be pretty. I'll have some weird combination of letters and numbers. So let's try writing on this thing. As I said, I've taken it out of its case and it is just naked here on the table. So I am going to write my name, maybe. <laughs> and the way I do this is I keep a finger of my left hand on one side and on the side of the uh, braille cell and I move it forward and then I'm writing with my right hand and I'm not a fast brailler uh, with slate and stylus at all. And as you can see, if I will shut up, this thing is pretty quiet. And I'm putting in my phone number. And then I'm gonna jump down to lines three and four here and just write nonsense. So we have something here because there's, there's a method to my madness. bunch of stuff written. I'm going to put the stylus away, tuck it back in there, snap it in, and now I'm going to flip this slate over so that now my stylus and my little oval thing are on the right side. And in front of me, I see four lovely lines of nice, very nice braille. This is nice, sharp braille. It sticks up quite nicely. It's not like some of the refreshable braille that's kind of mushy and disappears. At the top part of the versus slate, you're going to find, well, let's start with the left edge. On the left edge is a little raised kind of platform place. And what this does, and it's on the right edge as well, what this does is um, allows you to have the braille on there and put the case on it so that the braille doesn't get smashed. It's actually a kind of ingenious. Along the top edge, of this thing on the, the flat side facing the ceiling, you're going to find five little places that you can identify. And there are little, I guess, I don't know if I would call them switches or paddles or buttons. I guess we'll call them buttons. So there are four buttons and a little round circle thing in the middle that does absolutely nothing. It's a, it's literally a screw hole <laughs> for screwing the top piece onto um this particular device. So please ignore that. It looks like it should do something, but it doesn't. So you have these four buttons along the top, and then you have four buttons along the bottom, right below row four and above row one. Each of these buttons also has a little line near it. And this little line is supposed to show you which cells will be deleted when you press that button. Now, these four buttons, you might think, oh, they do lines one, two, three, and four. No, actually, they do two lines at a time. So I am looking here at my name, written very nicely, Janine Stanley, no mistakes. On the line below it, I have my phone number with the first 06 digits. And when I push button number one, it is going to erase the first five cells of lines one and two. And I'm not crazy about that. I would really rather they maybe added a button on the sides to do an entire line at a time because maybe I don't want to erase line two. 
Okay, so I'm going to push the second button, which is going to get cells 6 through 10 on this line. There we go. That took out, actually took out both lines. And I still have a little bit of my name left, so I'm going to hit the third button along the top. There it goes. I didn't write out my entire phone number. Then we have a fourth button here. Now, these buttons can sometimes stick a little bit. Along the bottom, I wrote most of my stuff to the right, so it kind of went to the right side, all of my gibberish here. And so I am going to use the rightmost two little buttons and get rid of it. There's lines three and four and lines three and four. And you hear they have kind of a springy action. I don't know the exact mechanics, but they are brilliant. Now, sometimes they do stick. And so when they stick, I usually pick it up, shake it a little bit, or I just push the button again, give it a little time to spring back up. The other thing that they really, they say is very, very important is when you are correcting a mistake. So I'm gonna flip this back over. I'm just gonna braille something and make a mistake. And, uh, <laughs> it's like whack-a-mole there. Okay, now I'm gonna come back. I'm not gonna put the stylus away because when you make a mistake, Normally, you're going to rub it out with your finger, usually, or something. Well, they do not want you to use your fingers to press down on these at all. In fact, you will ruin the, the slate and break it if you do that. So what they want you to do is take the point of the stylus, put it directly on top of the dot, and I'm going to do that now. There we go. Made just a little tiny click. Do it again. Yeah. There we go. Okay, so now I fixed my mistake if I added an extra dot to something. And then you can count, you know, of course, on the other side and put the dots back in if you wrote something incorrectly. Now, let's say you erase it and maybe it doesn't erase completely. You can take the top of the stylus, the top part of the P opposite the point, and just gently run it over the line and you'll hear a little and the pins will go back in. You wanna do that rather than pushing on them with your fingers or really hammering on the buttons over here because that will definitely damage it. It's, um, it's pretty frail for $120 worth of kit. However, this thing is just invaluable. I have written like uh, very long kinds of numbers on it, um, ID numbers, um, registration kinds of things, phone numbers, all of that. I've put it in the case, I've thrown it in my bag, and it's been perfectly fine when I wanted to go check it or if I wanted to braille something else. Okay, the case for this thing has got a velvety lining. It's a folio case. Like I said, one side, the back of it, is completely, uh, it's a whole uh, side, so it's solid. There's a little indented place where I'm sure it says uh, versus slate. Mine is dark gray, I believe. I think it comes in a couple colors now. The front side of this thing has a cutout, and that cutout is where you will see the place to type. So if I put it in the folio, I'm going to lay it down with the full complete side down. The velvety part is up toward the ceiling, and then at the lower left corner, 
is a little strap with a magnet on it, and we'll get to that in a minute. Now I'm just going to pull the folio over, and you hear that snap? That is a magnet in the case, and that is hooking into the Versa Slate, and that is grabbing the Versa Slate, and now it is in the case. Now you can get it out of this case. It can fall out of the case. You can push it out, whatever, but it's not exactly easy. So now I'm going to pull the little strap, and there it is on its magnet, so this little guy is pretty nicely in here. And what I can feel through this open window in the front side of the case are the four lines that I can now braille on. If I had taken out the stylus, I could braille on those four lines. Now they do not recommend you using another stylus on this thing, so don't lose it. <laughs> it has a hole in that P shape, of course, so that you can put a lanyard through it or something else. Um, I, would, I would honestly recommend, and I haven't done it yet because I need to order more, but I would recommend putting one of the um, air tags on this thing. And you could easily do that through one of the air tag holders. You could put it through the oval part or through the stylus or both if you so desire. But this thing is, as I said, pretty amazing. Again, that is the Versa Slate, and that is available from AT Guys. That's the letter A, Alpha, T, Tango, G, Golf, U, Y, Yankee, S, Sierra, dot com. Janine, thank you so much for that demo. I, I think I understand a bit more. I mean, please don't, don't make me set a test on it, but I think I understand <laughs> a little bit more about the Versa Slate, or at least the Slate in general. That's a pretty interesting device. I didn't even think such a thing would exist even today, right? It feels a bit, like you said earlier, feels like you know yeah. something from the 1800s, but it works. It works, and that's what it all comes down to. It works, and it's got a use case for a lot of people. So excellent, excellent demo there, Janine. Thank you so much. And there's another one to come in a couple of weeks' time because we've got the Color Star demo uh, coming up as well. Looking forward to that. Uh, I also, just a big thanks to John as well, John Carpenter. Uh, he's not terrifying at all. You just wanted I to did play, play the music again. Time. Unbelievable. Thank you, John. Uh, thanks for sending in the email, John. If you want to send in your emails, of course, you can do. You can get in touch with us in all the usual ways. Uh, and on Twitter as well. Don't forget, I am at BlindGuyTech. He is at the Blurred Nerd. That's not easy for me to say. The Blurred <laughs> Nerd. I think you did that deliberately just for me to get irritated by it. Um, do check us out on Twitter. Uh, and we're now on Facebook as well. Don't ask me how that happened, but we're on Facebook. Uh, you can search for our Facebook page, whatever you find Facebook pages. Uh, and, of yeah. course, you can check us all out on blindguytalkstech.com. <laughs> we're back tomorrow. Thanks, guys. If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit blindguytalkstech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech podcast on Apple podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.